0: Welcome to the service design podcast. My name is Jeroen de Puit. And I'm Lauren Somers. And we're welcoming a very special guest today. She's a design director and partner at Helen, a strategic service design agency based in Helsinki and London. With 10 years of experience from the design field in both the UK and Finland, she's leading projects and people developing Helen's design approach to incorporate the best of design, business, and data. Since 2017, she's also been a key player in developing Helen's unique AI-enhanced software tools, Helen I know, designed for use in service design and innovation processes. And we just learned a scoop. As a kid, she performed in an opera for the Japanese emperor. Welcome today. Welcome Lotta Julkunen, and thanks for joining us in our studio.
1: Thanks for having me. Great to be here.
2: So great that you are here uh, digitally all the way from Finland in our studio uh, because you have won the Service Design Awards with your project ensuring the sustainable future-proof public transportation through Service Design together with Helsinki Region Transport, short HSL and Helen, congratulations. Can you quickly introduce the project, uh, the client, and give us a little bit of background and context for our listeners? What was it all about?
1: Yeah, so I introduce, um, first of all, HSL. Uh, HSL is the public transportation provider of the Helsinki region in Finland. Um, And they actually operate across nine municipalities. So it's not just the capital city here, but the surrounding areas as well. And essentially what they do, like, other public transport providers, they plan and organize public transportation in the region. So they provide bus, tram, metro, ferry, commuter train services. And they have quite a, a large customer group, as you can imagine. Uh, they have 250 million rides annually. So a lot of a lot of people flow. And um, Helen started working with HSL in 2016 and back. Back then, um, HSL was looking for a service design partner to help them kind of hands on in different development projects. But also they were looking for a partner that could teach them customer centricity and Mm -hmm. design thinking Mm -hmm. as an organization.
0: Yeah.
2: And can you um, tell us a little bit like how did the collaboration start? You were saying like, yeah, they were looking for the service and partner, but how was the, the the need or the question formed with them and how did they end up with uh, with you where, where did the need come from?
1: So well it, first of all it was um, like a framework agreement that we made back then so it, it um, there was a tender and and we were obviously competing with other agencies uh, for this partnership um, but maybe to to give a bit of background as well back in the time um, they had a vision for 2025. Um, to be the the number one choice of transportation within the Helsinki region, and they, they knew that customer focus was key. Mm-hmm. Working towards that vision, and that kind of led them to to find this service design partner.
0: Okay, cool. So it means they they had a new vision, and that was kind of the starting point for your collaboration. Um, how 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 were the Finns using uh, Helsinki region transport then? Was it something? Is it was it already a go-to, and they wanted to grow it, or is it more? No, no one really likes the public transport, and we got to do something about this.
1: Good question. Yeah, the starting point was great already. So in Helsinki, public transport is widely used um, and quite preferred and liked. It works quite well. We're still a kind of small size city, um, but like as with many other or all european cities i guess um there's a need to to make transportation even more ecological and and make sure that people drive less and, and use public transport more and they knew that in order to do that uh they need to to improve and develop all the time to to improve their services make sure mm-hmm. their customer experience is great and then mm-hmm. using public transportation is actually a great alternative for driving your own car
0: hmm
2: yeah, and, and in the the partnership, um, I think you guys have tackled um, a multitude of uh, of projects, of challenges. Can you maybe give us some some insight into a couple of these challenges? Like, what can we imagine that that you guys have have tackled for them and or together with them to uh, to improve that uh, that customer centricity as well, but maybe the user experience of taking the uh, the bus, for example, there.
1: Yeah. And maybe I can take just a step back to Mm -hmm. make sure that the listeners understand uh, that when we talk about our projects, we're we're, um, not talking about a single project. Mm -hmm. So the the award was won for this actual six year partnership. So so much more than just a single single project. So we've Mm -hmm. done kind of 50 plus service design projects with them, ranging from different things. Um, Today, we're going to talk a bit more about um, implementing their new zone model that involved several projects on its own. Um, and um, in addition to that, we've done a lot of CX training, for example, with, with different, um, different stakeholders within the organization. Um, we've created a new light rail experience. So they have a new, completely new vehicle coming. Oh, wow. And um, there are public transport engineers. Together with them, we've created a participation model or how they design routes for the Helsinki region. So these are just some of the things that we've done with them. We've yeah. had the chance to do a lot yeah. <laughs> during during the, the past seven years.
2: But that sounds pretty, pretty cool because um, if I understand correctly, you, you really worked on physical things as well, really new services, new prod- products, maybe a new experience, but also more of a strategic and slash high level trying to implement service design and user centricity at the core of the organization uh, uh, as well.
1: Yeah, so I, I just was gonna add um, that for Helen, it's been great to see the, the impact that the partnership has made. So I don't think There are that many organizations out there that use design in their actual core business like at the very core of what they do and how they operate and design is is uh, a key part of that and and now at hsl like they use use service design methodologies in their core business of designing routes and i think that's a lot and we're we're very proud of of them and we're also very proud of the work that we've done with them
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's interesting to hear that Like after six years, this kind of transformed the way they work internally and how they then service their customers as well. So if if you take us back to the start, you had uh, this new zone model coming up. You had this customer centric vision. Um, Did you start with a strategy or did you start like with a more service design specific uh, scoped project?
1: it was more of a service design specific scope project so we started with the zone model and um, maybe to kind of give a bit of background on that so previously um, the ticketing and the products in Helsinki region had been based on which city or municipality you're visiting and now there was a need to change that the city was growing and it felt kind of Uh, odd to create these artificial borders between the municipalities because a lot of the routes were were passing back and forth but at the point when we started the uh, collaboration on the zone model they had already been working on it for 10 years so there was a lot of foundation and background done and uh, um, HSL also works in a political environment Mm -hmm. because of this public transport uh, function so a lot of decisions were already made. And, and when we came along, um, our job was to ensure that the transition from the old model to the new model would be as smooth as possible. But we had to take into consideration that some of the kind of decisions were already made and we there were some that we couldn't change. So kind of talking to starting to talk to customers and understanding um, how they feel about the new model and how it's gonna change there every day we also had to be really mindful of how we communicate, what can still be changed and, mm-hmm. and kind of doing customer engagement and, um, you know, letting the customers know it, where there's room to wiggle and then what's kind of been decided and, and kind of working with that in mm-hmm. the service design yeah. project.
2: That reminds me of a, of a of a project I have been working on, uh, specifically with uh, it's it's called SNCB. It's the uh, the railroad from um, uh, from Belgium, but you have the same complexity complexity there as well. It's a, it's one of the biggest organizations. It's one of the oldest as well. There's a lot of infrastructure involved. A lot of different departments. The customers they have a lot of customers. Uh, I think at least one million daily travelers, um, but there aren't so forgiving in their uh, uh suggestions or they could be very critical as well so um it's it's interesting to work in that environment as a service designer like how do we ask users for their feedback but we have to watch out that it doesn't really become a rant and they really understand as well like the the opportunities for change but also some things that are more complex or more difficult to change uh in a in short term so that's very interesting to to see where did you guys start did you start with the end user in that scenario, or was it more of an internal, um, service design project as well? Like starting with front desk people, how, uh, what was the starting point for, for Helm?
1: Our initial focus was on end customers, but we did already in the beginning of this, um, understand that there was the other big stakeholder group of their internal people. Um, It's a lot to there's people who had been working on this for 10 years, and then we go talk to customers and we kind of understood that the service design process is going to hurt because there's going to be a lot of backlash. There might be some um, differing opinions and feedback from customers and, and there's people who have been putting a lot of effort in to make this the best possible model they can. Um, and also, they they have people working on different levels. So you would imagine that this this model completely changes the work of a ticketing inspector, for example. And they need to understand what this this causes and how that affects what they're doing in different scenarios that they they are working in.
0: So you were at the very start of a huge transformation for uh, HSL, basically. So for their internal people, for which is a big stakeholder group, indeed. And then for their customers, which is another huge stakeholder group. So it's quite a complex reality to start in 10 years of of work done, but without perhaps involving the customer as you would as a service designer. So they are new to service design too. You have to convince the people you work with to that, the value of that. I mean, at least someone was already convinced because they hired you, but at least not, not an easy starting point. How how did that go?
1: it wasn't an easy starting point but we were up for the challenge and uh, i guess there was a, a strong learning curve for us as well as that was the beginning of our collaboration together and i think as a designer you always work best once you understand the the customer and kind of their their challenges uh i always say that you know designers are kind of these blue-eyed people who come in and they're very optimistic about you know, everything. I think that everything can be changed. (laughs) But I think in these kind of contexts, it's crucial to understand the dependencies and and kind of understand, you know, what can be changed and what cannot be changed and work around that. So, for example, with the end customers, we uh, started with quite traditional methodologies. We started interviewing them, doing workshops and And quite quickly, we understood that this new zone model was something that people react to quite strong at first. Um, But then actually when they go deeper and understand the rationale behind and then start to reflect on how it changed their everyday, the, the reaction kind of changed and they were more calm about it. And then they understood that, okay, this at first looks complex, but it doesn't actually change my everyday and my transportation routes as much as I initially thought. So it led us to kind of innovating our, our work. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of innovate our methods and quickly chose to actually take a, a group of, I think it was around 30 customers that mm-hmm. we took along kind of on this journey of, of designing the transition from old model to zone model. And we wanted to use the same customers so that we can kind of see how their opinions and reactions mm-hmm. evolve in a bit of time.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So you've instead of on purpose changing the customers, you uh, you interview, kind of taking them on board for a longer period to see how for them specifically it changed, and what their evolved ideas are.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's- so if you think of touch points, like we would start with with a workshop and and just talk about the new model, and at first we'd think about you know how you get the information at first that the the system is changing and the tickets will be changing and the kind of the foundation of how you travel is going to change. And that would relate to a lot of the communications um, that HSL would do in the beginning of this transition. Like, how did they tell, like, why is this happening? So, so with the customers, we'd get a lot of um, questions that pop up and and kind of these, what they find weird or, or, you know, what they're anxious about, or, you know, what kind of answers they need in order to accept that this is happening Mm -hmm. and that helped a lot then when the the actual change was starting to happen to design all that communication Mm -hmm. material yeah but then kind of taking the customers further on this journey like at the end uh we did something kind of like shop alongs but we called them travel alongs so we'd actually prototype um a bunch of touch points of like customer information uh on bus stops and and in the metro and uh We'd read out announcements that you would have on the commuter train, and we take them along on this journey that was uh, in the zone model, so kind of in the future. And they'd get to test what it's like to travel in that model. And it was funny from that initial starting point of being quite anxious about the new model. They would realize that oh, my travel actually doesn't change at all. Like this is actually quite simple when I I travel in this model.
0: Mm-hmm. So very early on, you already discovered some insights on, uh, on, on a sort of common ground, basically. So something that seems complex, you've discovered some insights that kind of showed the value for customers already in the, uh, from the start, even without redesigning the zone model. So that's good, actually. That's that's that's, I mean, lucky as well <laughs> that it's uh, it's a good starting mm. points to to work from. Yeah. So so what happened next? What did you do then?
1: Uh, Yeah, after that, I think we, it's already been a while, so I have to refresh my memory, but um, we then looked at the kind of internal stakeholders and we were working with HSL a lot to kind of create this, uh, create the kind of story or the the red thread of, you know, why this change is happening and how it's going to affect people.
2: I really like the aspect of storytelling. Um, That's something that we are... That's something that, that personally I really like um, as part of service design. I think it also deserves the attention as in what kind of story, why are we doing the things we are doing? Um, and, and um, if you can give us some insight into, yeah, we, we, how that you tackled to bring this story, this new vision towards the all layers of, of the organization, um, how did you do that?
1: let's see if i can answer your question um so once kind of we spoke to customers initially and we got all these a lot of questions popped up you know why is this happening how does this affect me why is you know why is this affecting this part of the the region and not that part isn't this unfair for uh these customers and and why are they winning and we're losing these Mm -hmm. kind of things popped up and um maybe to kind of get the listeners to understand we're uh, obviously not the only partner working with HSL. Um, I remember at that point, there was, uh, the marketing agency that we, then we kind of huddled together and, um, started ideating, like, how do we create this, this joint vision for, you know, how do, how do we tell people what is it and what is happening and what is the value? Mm -hmm. So that was, um, one kind of big piece of work figuring out how do we communicate what the value of this new model is in a way that we understand that there's going to be people whose situation drastically improves, Mm -hmm. but there might be people who feel like their situation and transport is a bit worse than before, which might not be like the actual case, but at least the, we need to acknowledge that the feeling Mm -hmm. is there and you kind of feel like you're the one maybe losing in this transition mm-hmm. not sure i answered your question
2: <laughs> yeah n- no I, I think it's it's very interesting i'm also curious to to maybe some specific examples if you uh if you have them because we um in in a lot of projects we are doing right now we are, we're thinking about how can we for example make a vision uh, tangible eh? do we write it down do we spray paint it on the wall do we print something do we yeah, um, uh, make it physical, because we really believe that doing stuff like that helps to transform that story. So, if you have any insights, we're we're very curious to how you you tackled that uh, there.
1: Yeah, I think at this point, design was so important to be involved because a lot of the the information is relayed visually. So I mentioned that we were working with HSL's marketing partner and uh, kind of making sure that we have this core value defined. Like, how do we explain that? We we prototyped a lot of materials. So we actually created press releases. We kind of faked them and oh, would, cool. would give them to customers and they uh, would pe- be people who hadn't really heard about the zone model before. So that would be like their, their first time and then they read it and we of see how people what their reactions are and mm-hmm. how well they understand it. Um, quite early on, we realized that the map is is like the key thing. Yeah. So um, Helsinki is a bit weirdly shaped. It's not like a inner city at all. We have a very very long shoreline, so it's kind of a triangle shape, <laughs> yeah. and um, people kind of related the the transition to the zone model and immediately started thinking like, where am I on the map? And, and where are my, my, uh, kind of go-to places on the map and how are they here with the different zones mm-hmm. and which zone does that fall into? Um, so we realized that designing the map would be like the first key step and making sure that people have the chance to kind of visualize themselves on that map. And then from there, um, kind of taking that insight into all the customer information and and where these essentially kind of borders lie. So going from zone A to zone B, suddenly this border becomes very important for customers mm-hmm. yeah. to understand like how how the system works. Yeah.
2: But I think making that visual uh, as well, right? And seeing that on paper like what does that mean for my situation? That is that is the 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 most important thing. I think they that also helps for them to understand like what are we talking about? Uh, and, and how does this impact my my travel journey, let's say.
1: Exactly. And we, we had like back then all workshops were physical <laughs> before COVID <laughs> happened, um, which was great. So we, I remember we had a, a workshop in our office with um, a lot of end customers there. And then we kind of faked the experience. So we had different stations and for one station they'd have to purchase a ticket with the new zone model. So they'd have to kind of, they'd have some some uh, touch points to help them but they'd have to figure out like what kind of ticket do i buy and then they'd have to purchase it and then there was another place where they'd be at a fake bus stop Mm -hmm. and they'd have to figure out which zone that bus stop is on Mm -hmm. so so there was a lot of kind of testing testing um this this customer information this travel information that would then be Mm -hmm. in in the city yeah to help customers understand where they are
2: Uh, it's clear that you did a lot of testing, prototyping, I think a lot of research as well. Um, we spoke about the, the dedicated 30 people who are invested during the long uh, term. I really like that as the idea as well, that it's for them something that can grow with them as well. Maybe do also yeah, co-create a little bit um, and, and give uh, uh, dedicated feedback. But looking back for you, were there some defining moments of epiphany uh, in a way that, uh, whoa, I really didn't expect this tool or method to be um, valuable in in a, in a certain way. W- were there some defining moments that really gave you some clarity?
1: Yeah, so uh, there were several <laughs> because it was such, such a long collaboration and there was a, a strong learning curve, as I said, from our side. But I think one defining moment was when we decided to, that we'd stick with these 30 customers and kind of take them along um, in in different parts of the project and test different touch points with them and do several workshops and interviews. Um, Because that kind of insight that people's reactions change over time, and their initial reaction isn't necessarily their final, final um, kind of reaction or feeling towards the zone model. And that led us to One of the key outcomes, we created this um, adoption journey map, a kind of weird name maybe, but it was essentially like a journey map of how someone's um, personas or profiles reaction to the model changes over time. So there was this insight that we noticed that the first reaction could be very negative, but then having kind of learned a bit more, um, maybe having some of the key questions they have answered and then seeing how that relates to their usual journeys, the reaction might change completely. And then suddenly they realize that, oh, this actually a positive change for me. And I'm actually a fan of this new model, although the first reaction could have been very negative. But also kind of considering that there were then people who had a negative first reaction and their questions weren't answered in the way that they they felt um, uh, good about. And the end result would be that they didn't really prefer the model. So this kind of adoption uh, journey map we created uh, a few of them mm, kind of depending on what kind of customer profiles and, and journeys there were and that was a key outcome that then helped HSL in the communications mm-hmm. so how they communicate about the model and and that was a key thing for the transition from old model to new model
0: I, I imagine uh, the insights uh, and these new questions that pop up because you do the interviews, you do the research, you do the testing. They they kind of led to new design challenges that you tackled in, again, new projects. You prioritized, perhaps, and then looked at what what should we or could we tackle first? How, how did you define those? then? How, how did that evolve from you know, the very beginning of a framework contract, uh, which gives you some space, of course, to build trust, build a, a relationship, build on your insights, build a team as well. Um, How did you go from these new challenges then to yeah new solutions
1: well i can probably give you a couple of uh, examples of this but if we continue to talk about the zone model uh i guess quite kind of one of the things that needs that popped up was that there's a lot of uh drivers who need to answer questions from customers so end customers would go up they jump on the bus and they go up to the driver and ask them like oh i'm going here and here like what zone is that on and suddenly the bus driver would have to kind of understand where that route goes and when the um uh, the zone changes and all this. So one of the follow-up projects that we did was um, the training of, of the drivers. And that's also a stakeholder group that that has varied people. And um, there was a lot of visual help that we created. To make it as clear as possible, and and to make sure that they understand, like what level do they need to uh, uh, internalize this own model on? So obviously they, they can't know like every single stop and every single border by heart, but uh, in a way that they can then be of of help for the end customers.
0: Did you? Create... But if you think
1: of the, no. Yeah, another example of um, kind of of the benefits of having this long term partnership. Um, I can't remember which project it was now, but during the project, uh, a need popped up that we should give kind of CX training to the the transportation engineers that they should really understand like why we're doing service design and, and what kind of benefits that could have for their job. And then we did this training and then suddenly there, a need popped up and they're like, oh, the top management needs CX training, a service <laughs> design training. And that led to a follow-up project of of training top management Mm -hmm. and then that (laughs) kind of led to a follow-up project uh top management kind of felt like okay we need to take this on but how do we actually do this in our core business like how do we use these tools in designing bus Mm -hmm. routes or or new tram lines or new metro lines like how do we take this into the the route design and the core of what these transportation design engineers are doing
2: Mm -hmm. it also seems that you had a lot of flexibility on the one hand seeing like oh there's a new opportunity we will we have to do a project about this we have to prioritize this maybe a little bit upfront more in our backlog we have to coach this other group of stakeholders um but i can on- also understand that that's not always easy uh within this long-term partnerships to convince internally that we have to change a specific Yeah, group of of stakeholders who are maybe higher up in management, who are maybe also more busy or have less time to follow these trainings. Can you give us a little bit insight into how you tackled those internal structures and organizational um, challenges as
1: well? Well, it's always a challenge and, and I don't think anybody can say hand on heart, like we changed the whole organization and everybody was on board. <laughs> there will always be people who, who don't agree and have, have a different perspective and and kind of see the benefits of the old way of working or see that maybe, you know, this customer centricity isn't like their cup of tea. Um, but I guess the the benefit of this partnership was that we weren't just doing the cx trainings or, or saying like oh design thinking is the new great thing that you guys should use and here are all these service design tools we also had the projects where we could show like okay we did this and this and this and this is very concrete and takes this into your context and this is what the the result was so we kind of had some proof if you could say like how it works in their context and what what can be uh achieved mm-hmm. by using these mm-hmm. methodologies
2: like i also believe that the proof keeps on growing (laughs) the longer you work with them right and the the more projects you uh you you tackled
1: yeah absolutely so it's it's very um it's great as a designer to to work with a client for so long because you actually get to see these things becoming reality because changes always take time right so for example the zone model it was launched in 2019 and um you can then kind of see the, the fruit of, of all the work that we did. Um, but impact is always difficult to, to assess and obviously uh, uh, kind of having a new zone model come out in 2019 and then going into a global pandemic was a disaster and, and it's difficult to assess like, which parts were which parts great and what was the impact when something so drastically changes in transportation.
0: Yeah, because we're now jumping a little bit forward already. Uh, we're going to the to the launch of the new zone model itself. So you've been preparing this for about yeah two three years together with the clients, um, working with all these different stakeholders from uh, you know operator bus operators to the engineers, redesigning the network to top management, convincing them or maybe training them in how to think user centered or customer centric. Um, did you launch everything at once, like bus, tram, metro? Was that like an entire launch all in one go, in one day, one month? How how did that launch go?
1: The launch was a long process. So when, when they change something as fundamental as the the pricing and product system, which is the, the zone model, uh, it requires to change everything. So all the bus stops will be changed. And you can imagine there are thousands and thousands of bus job stops where somebody has to go to the bus stop in person and change the signage and say, change the the travel information on that stop. So it was a long process and I can't say how many months it took, but um, there was a lot of preparation and then everything happens in one night. So it's so a big bang. You kind of filled up long
0: prep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You build up to this point this point, and, and uh, there was a lot of communications that they did and they have to make sure that everybody of gets that information you have to send press releases to people's homes and and then you need to change the physical appearance of of things uh on the vehicles and and in the stops so there was a lot of preparation and i i think the great thing was that when going into this the expectation was that this transition will be painful and and customers won't be happy to adopt it and there might be a lot of backlash Uh, but because of the work that we did and because we heard the customers, and, and we understood what the, the pain points may be, um, HSL did a fantastic job in, in communicating this, and the transition was actually very smooth, and the amount of effort that they needed to to put into kind of answering all these questions and, and uh, making sure media knows everything that was quite minimal, uh, if they compare to, to what they kind of were dreading. Mm-hmm.
0: That must have been great, huh? you you start off with something that seems impossible or quite difficult actually and then you 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 continue with something that's going great and that is of mm-hmm. of course probably had some room for improvement after the launch but still it's it's a nice uh, wave to serve right
1: absolutely yeah
0: so so did you actually have challenges after this launch was there anything left to do for you uh after launching the new zone model or was everything fixed and you just said okay thank you um, maybe see you in a few years
1: uh of course there's always there's always things to to improve and uh i think um hsl as an organization it doesn't stop so once once the new zone model was launched we were already thinking about like okay how do we improve products and do we need new kind of ticket types and and then obviously covid19 started and there was um New projects then starting with, okay, what do we need to change now with ticketing? You know, does the new zone model work still, you know, we're, we're going into this very different situation where people went homes and they, to their homes and they didn't, they didn't move around the city at all and, Mm -hmm. and how they purchased tickets changed. And, you know, people who previously had traveled day to day to the office would need a different ticket type than now with kind of working hybrid, maybe visiting the office once a week. So, All these things obviously happened after the launch and um, it requires new projects (laughs) and and new design work to make sure that we keep up with the changes. Mm
0: -hmm. You went from big bang to big bang with like one critical change as the new zone model. Another critical one was COVID. Another critical was the end of COVID, of course, as well. Uh, Another reality that popped up. Um, You've talked about these 30 customers you took along on the journey from the beginning of the partnership and then continue it, yeah, throughout the launch of the new zone model as well. And at that point, you suddenly had a huge new customer base too. How, how did you gather insights from the new users, the ones you hadn't interviewed yet? How, how did you tackle that?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. I guess one of the, the points I wanted to make with this kind of the opportunities of these kind of long-term partnerships. It's not only for us to kind of Understand the client, and for them to build trust with us. But it's also to kind of challenge our methodologies, and and for us as designers and agencies to grow. So if I think um, how HSL challenged us in a, a great way is, if you look at mobility, the, the the customer groups are huge. Like suddenly you have everybody in the region using this transportation. And, and some people might be these kind of heavy users who use transportation, uh, public transportation on a daily basis. But then there might be someone who uses public transportation twice a year. And we need to make sure that those people understand the system and the ticketing. And, and there's a you know, great ticket product for both of these users. Um, and with service design, I guess, and with these 30 people, the challenge is that the, the sample size is small. And service design methodologies best work with these small sample sizes, uh, with with qualitative information. Mm -hmm. Um, So HSL really challenged us to kind of see how we could work with bigger sample sizes and make sure that we understand the the big pool of customers. And we actually ended up then kind of growing our business design and data competence at Helon. Um, So in order to kind of be able to work with these large customer data sets, uh, we started to develop our data tools in 2017, so really shortly after we made this frame agreement with with HSL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now we're actually at a point where we have our own machine learning software called know um, that we can use to scale up our service design work, so to say. So maybe if I give in a kind of concrete example yeah, of because <laughs> AI,
0: data, um,
1: yeah, customer insights. Buzzwords. Yeah, it's it's
0: it's buzzwords, but it's also not very. It's very abstract. How, but can you? Yeah. Yeah how, does, yeah. how does it work?
2: And maybe it's also interesting because right now it's such a, a huge way of AI, new applications. But within the project, it was quite early on within the uh, the development of the new zone plan as well, a couple of years back. So uh, so yeah, can you give us some context about how that happened?
1: Uh, yeah. So so one of the things. Um, with service design kind of qualitative methods, obviously we do a lot of talking to people face to face. And now we were looking at, okay, how do we capture data from surveys? So HSL already had a lot of data. They, they do kind of annual customer satisfaction surveys and they get a lot of feedback. Uh, people are quite willing to, to give feedback. Um, but one thing they have is a lot of textual feedback. So open feedback, people leave comments and, and there's a lot of information in those. But it's difficult to to kind of get that information out of these thousands and thousands of of comments and and millions of words. So to give an example, um, the transportation engineers who design the routes, um, they will go through the textual feedback that they get regarding a specific bus route, for example. And this can be like thousands of lines of of open text feedback and they would go through them like shuffle through them one by one in a spreadsheet. And that's a lot mm. to take in, yeah. right?
0: Whoa.
1: So <laughs> yeah. So at Helen we were kind of thinking like how do we like could we do affinity mapping on a scale with that kind of information? Mm-hmm. Cuz it's a great tool. You kind of get the the really in-depth information and you can kind of cluster them into key key kind of insights. So, um, so did you but, try
0: that without help of a machine? So like manually?
1: Well, we didn't try it. <laughs> like There are not enough post-its in the world to, <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but we went on a journey to figure out like how we can use machine learning to, to clusterize kind of open feedback. Mm-hmm. And we ended up creating this um, tool and that took like many years. Uh, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a snap of the fingers type of thing, but we created something called Ina Reads um, where we can, a service designer can use a tool to go through uh, a big amount of textual feedback and and cluster them much as you would with affinity mapping and kind mm-hmm. of decipher the key insights from there. Mm-hmm. And it only takes a fraction of the time to to go through the material um, if you compare it to kind of manually going through a spreadsheet or and you get more information than than some sort of like automated system of getting you know uh, a word cloud or. Uh, you know, these systems that work online mm-hmm. with, with survey tools. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, of course. What, what I really find fascinating is that um, Helen was present as a survey design partner within this project, but then at some point you guys made the uh, the decision like, oh, maybe we can build our own product to help our uh, our consultancy and help our partnership as well. How was it uh, as a as a service design agency to take really um, uh, go in that in that road of we're developing we're designing something for ourselves as a product instead of uh, we are we're doing this consultancy for for other clients?
1: Oh, it was a leap of faith. Obviously, it was a, a process as well. We started developing something without like fully understanding what the outcome will be. We just kind of knew that okay there's a gap here like between service design and between traditional uh quantitative research methods and there could be something that we can do um and we started started working on this problem and this challenge and and we found a great data scientist uh nico who was our like mastermind behind uh, a lot of this work um so big thank you for him like without him this this wouldn't have happened but it was a process of of Kind of figuring out what we can do, and then figuring out how that all, 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 kind of sits in with with service design. And at first, we thought we we're creating this like great automated tool, and you know, by the click of the finger, we just use AI to like fix the problem, and and we get out magic. Uh, but we quickly understood that that you know we can't take the service designer or the designer out of this equation. We still need that person who understands the context, and we can't like fully automate this but we can make it a lot faster mm-hmm. and a lot more efficient.
0: Yeah. At, at which point did you see the value of uh, having this tool available? Uh, was it before the launch already or was it only short shortly after the launch of the new zone model? Where did that deliver impact?
1: I think we're still learning to be fair. Like we've been using it in, in several of our, our projects, but it's a, it's a process of learning like where this fits best and and how we can use it. I would say that, that I think maturity wise, it wasn't before the launch of the zone model like that, we actually could use it in a way that, that creates value. So there was a lot of testing and and HSL was a a great partner for us as, as kind of we were doing this development with them.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, and, um, maybe, looking back to to the entire project again uh we started there in the beginning we went a little bit deeper into uh into the different aspects and also this this new technology that you guys have devised but if you take if you take a step back again and and look at those six years of partnership you have you have been working for helen for over 10 years um what what are some for favorite personal stories for you uh, uh within that context and within the context of, of hsl
1: like learnings or like actual like how i got along with the, mm, <laughs> the client no, or like, like what kind of things are you looking for uh, yeah <laughs> i think
2: uh learnings are some things that you mm. I, I can imagine that as a service designer as well this project long-term project will have an impact on you on your skills and your vision um yeah what did you learn or what did you really uh take away from uh, from the partnership
1: i guess one thing um that we kind of covered maybe in the beginning of the interview or, or discussed briefly but is this kind of understanding the dependencies and the challenges that the the customer faces like for me it was a big learning to to understand how key communication is so so when we're Doing these workshops and interviews and engaging customers, and we're saying like, "I'll come on this journey of co-creation with us." We weren't promising that we could make all their dreams come true, so we kind of really internalized that transportation, public transportation design is a lot about compromise. And and when whatever workshop, whatever interview, whatever interaction we have with a customer, we need to be really, really sure that we're communicating the right thing. So we're communicating the goals of co-creation and kind of emphasizing you know this is the part that you can change and impact or affect but these things are not like on the table up for discussion mm-hmm. and that kind of work both ways towards the customers but also hsl's internal stakeholders so that we don't create this like stress for them that service design and uh, co-creation is this thing where we take all their work and we just like you know Mm-hmm. explode it <laughs> and then and, and, and make sure that the customers can change everything
0: yep. creating that was probably space. yeah
1: that was one one i think big learning for me mm-hmm. to internalize this
0: yeah, yeah of course cool so, and
1: another thing yeah. yeah maybe if i can share two two more things Yeah, that would be amazing. um regarding that um i think the uh, idea of these long-term partnerships I, like it, In an ideal world, this would always be the, the way that we work together with clients. It really kind of gives the opportunity to utilize design, like not only on a tactical level, but to go on the strategic level and really taking design into the organization's core business. Like that's quite unique and it doesn't happen with, with all clients and it takes a long time. And it is like you mentioned a lot of times, like the transformation and it it will it will require some time and trust. But that's where we can make impact. And I think it's really rewarding for a designer to see, see what changes. And I think maybe the third kind of takeaway uh, for me is that this style of working, uh, it really challenges designers and the agency as well. So we've really had to work hard to constantly improve how we serve HSL like, and, and be able to rationalize the methodologies and the design process that we use uh, and ensure that they, we know what value we're creating and they understand it. And and we've taken strides in our capabilities to be able to kind of provide better service for HSL. And I think that's something as a designer in an agency, if you're kind of willing to do that, you can learn a lot from the customer's needs and, and really kind of use that partnership to reflect on on the work that you're doing and the, the methodologies you're using.
0: It's super cool. You gave us three examples of mutual growth, basically how you mm-hmm. benefited one another with working together, how you've grown through that and how you, um, yeah, how you transformed both Helen and, uh, HSL in one partnership, mm-hmm. long partnership, but still one partnership made that difference. So thanks for sharing that with us, Lotta. It's super nice to have you here mm-hmm. today
2: yeah and thanks uh as you said thank you thanks for being here i think it was uh very interesting to take this deep dive into the uh project i think the Service design award was uh, well earned uh maybe as a closing question um are there new projects challenges you are working on and you want to share a little or is it still secret or uh, uh, yeah, you can uh, you can use the platform to uh, to promote anything uh, you want
1: uh, we are continuing our collaboration with HSL I'm happy to say it's one of my favorite clients and uh, I've been on maternity leave for almost a year now so I'm very excited to get back to work and, and to see kind of where they are and, and what we'll do next all
0: right looking forward to see the results of that again uh and then maybe one of the next awards perhaps
1: maybe maybe let's will, you,
2: so. will you be visiting the uh, service design conference in berlin this year i think it was five and sixth october
1: um i haven't yet decided but i i think i will oh, yeah
2: we will be there so uh maybe we can uh, meet each other in real life and uh yeah that that would that's be awesome. no uh, obligation of course <laughs> but uh, uh that's where we um guys uh, met already uh, uh, helen last year so uh, it would be great to uh, to see each other there and as well for our listeners absolutely maybe if you want to meet other cool service design agencies that's the that's the place to be it
1: would be fantastic
2: thank you so much for being here Lotta, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to um, to deep dive help us deep dive into the projects and giving these uh, these amazing insights
0: looking forward to catching up in Berlin and um, do have a great uh, rest of your maternity leave first and uh, and a great summer of course in Finland
1: thank you guys so much it's been an absolute pleasure